0: What is going on, podcast listeners? Neil here for another episode. I got my buddy, Robbie McClung on here. What's going on, Robbie? Not
1: much, Neil. How are you today, man?
0: Doing well. I loved um, Robbie's story and I wanted him to hop on the podcast. I just think um, Robbie's been through a lot of differences in his entrepreneurial journey from starting a event company to starting a lifestyle pair company, dealing with COVID around all of this. It's just such an inspiring story. So Robbie is here to tell it and I appreciate you being on, dude.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you for the opportunity.
0: <laughs> yeah. Robbie, tell us a little bit about you, man. Where are you located right now? What's your personal life look like? What are you doing? Just any just general background.
1: Ooh, um, I, I'm located in um, Thomas, West Virginia, which is about three hours um, due west of Washington, D.C. Um, mm-hmm. I have a lifestyle apparel brand. I have a destination event company here specifically um, in the running industry and then i have um I have a awesome wife who supports me and let me do all this silly stuff, and three young boys um five, seven, and nine, so i'm I'm pretty busy between trying there to start go, business and raise a family.
0: How'd you start an entrepreneurship like uh, I know you started the event company but. how about before that originally how'd you get involved
1: um Wow, um I guess I didn't go into this uh so you know I had been in the the restaurant industry for a long long time. Um you know, grow, growing up part of my life in the Florida Keys. Um mm-hmm. and I guess my journey through through waiting tables and that of the entrepreneur of like the restaurant journey. Um towards the end I really got into wine and um I you know, went to school for wine and almost became a, well, I became a level one sommelier. So I was a wine steward and stuff, but I think really wine was kind of the gateway to entrepreneurship for me, because it was that, uh, there were a few, you know, um, there were a few sommeliers that I work with that did seller management. So they would like get customers at the Mm -hmm. restaurant and then they would buy wine and manage their sellers. So that was kind of, um, what really inspired it. Um, but the 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 first thing was I was running a restaurant and um a non profit in the Florida Keys kind of knew that I was into music um, mm-hmm. at the time and they they invited me to help produce a music festival and that was like my first my first real taste with entrepreneurship. Even though I wasn't an entrepreneur, I got to produce this event as kind of like a co-producer for them. Mm. Um and at that point I, uh, a close friend from high school who, who had been a close friend. He was big in the running industry in New England, had an event company there. And with events, you know, a lot of it's learning the local landscape, the permitting police, you know, like who to talk to to get things done. Mm-hmm. He's like, I want to produce a road race. You're producing events. He's like, why don't we team up and you can get the permits? I'll do the rest. And so we, we launched a the keys at this point? In the Florida Keys, in Isle Mirada, okay. um, okay. and we launched a race called the Isle Marotta, um Half Marathon, and that was my first like full fledged uh, business venture.
0: Wow. Oh, dude, I I love um, kind of stories like yours where you're like, I don't know, I was in the wine industry, and like I saw about fell into entrepreneurship, yeah. and now you're running like a lifestyle brand company. I think it's the coolest. Um, a lot of my background is just kind of uh, it's a little bit straighter. Like. A, you know, I went to corporate and I went to to entrepreneurship, and I think that's a normal path for a lot of people. Um, but I think from your background, it, in my opinion, it just makes things a lot more interesting, right? You're like, yeah, I was on the pathway to being a sommelier, dope. Like, that's not very normal at all. That's really cool.
1: Yeah, no, I love wine. <laughs> I think the reason <laughs> I quit quit wanting to be a sommelier is because I actually I wanted to drink the wine, not sell it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford the wine I'd like to drink right, right at the moment. But, you know, like it's nice to sell the expensive wine, but it'd be nicer to be the person drinking it. (laughs) For Um, sure. But, um, yeah, so it, it has been an interesting journey. And I think that that's something everybody should embrace
0: is the journey. Just kind of the ride of it all. Um, Robbie, tell me about your, your logic with saying yes to your buddy. Who's like, Hey, why don't we start our own event business with running? Like, are you, are you a runner or like, why did you decide that this is what you wanted to do as the next step?
1: Um, I'm not, I, I do enjoy running and I, and I own a running event company at the moment. It's not my sole passion. Um, you know, I'll be honest with you cause I was kind of producing concerts and, um, at that point in time, I was just like, I'll try anything. I'd done a little bit of Facebook ads. So behind the scenes here that I haven't mentioned is, um, I started doing Facebook ads like with the first Facebook ad coupon they sent mm. out, you know, and like, I don't know, 2011 and 2000, somewhere around there, 10. Um, but it was more so with concerts, like if it's a rainy day, people aren't gonna show up. You know, you're like you mm-hmm. can have all this metric in the world unless you have like a massive lineup, like it's such a fair weather event. And you know, when he started telling me about the fact that people like actually signed up way in advance, you know. So it's like yeah. with a concert, you're like, Hey, we've got this great band and people like, Yeah, I'll buy a ticket on Friday, you know? Got whereas it. people in the endurance industry are like, Well, I gotta train for three months, like I'm going to I'm signing up six months out. I think that was a big intriguing factor in me. And just, um, I don't know, taking, I'm taking a a risk and a chance. I'm a dreamer. And so I didn't see, like, I didn't feel like I had anything to lose to take that leap. Yeah. Um,
0: And so you started this, I think 2017 is when you said for the the running company.
1: Um, that's for, so, 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 um, the running company I have now, the am half marathon. I think started in 2014. Okay, um, I bought the domain name for the Canaan Valley Running Company I just a couple. It would have been 2017, a couple of days ago. Um, the Florida Keys got hit by a Hurricane Hurricane Irma, and I had we had to postpone our race. We had like a thousand people signed up, like two Jeez. months out, and I had to be like. I can't, like, you can't come. What are we going to do? I was so stressed out. And I'm like, I don't want to ever go through this again. I want to, like, I'm going to do another event, but I'm going to do it somewhere that can't get hit by hurricanes. So that's kind of how I started the business here was literally, I just was like, so stressed out over the fact that I just, yeah postponing an event for when you have a thousand people signed up and that not that's not even a huge amount of people in the world of events but i had a thousand people that had given me their money that were planning on coming within 10 w- yeah. or two weeks uh our hometown was kind of destroyed and i couldn't do it and it was really stressful so that's how i started the event company here because i thought it would be like um yeah safer from hurricanes basically or, um, <laughs> Or catastrophe proof, pandemic
0: yeah. proof maybe, you know, who knew that. Was at that the event point? company another running race in West Virginia?
1: Yeah, so I I have the Canaan Valley Running Company, which is uh, which started as a standalone event, the Canaan Valley Half Marathon and um it has evolved into uh the canadian valley half marathon i have a trail race and then i started a nighttime marathon half marathon 10k
0: so it's it's actually three races so wow. um uh robbie if you told me like hey neil start like a, a race of a 5k whatever i would have zero idea how to promote this thing like do i just go to like groupon and post it am i supposed to run facebook ads how did you figure out how to promote a race and how does it actually work when you're promoting this type of event? Uh,
1: Facebook. I mean, I, I rely heavily on Facebook ads. Um, you know, like, um, yeah, I, I rely on it. Like I said, I started promoting events for this nonprofit prior to the Almeron half marathon with Facebook ads. I, I had done pretty, pretty well with it. Um, you know, you, so entrepreneurs are just starting out. Like I, t- I took a risk. At this point, I had um, close to six or seven years of Facebook ad experience in my back mm-hmm. pocket when I did this. When I first started doing events, yeah, I went to Groupon, but I actually built a. Uh, you know, I-, I bought a domain name, launched a Facebook page, launched an Instagram, launched an Instagram account, and I, in hmm. addition to this. Uh, Um, I'm a huge fan of Facebook ads, but I'm a huge fan of Facebook ads in conjunction with high quality organic content. And, um, that's always been a premise of mine. I like, you know, for me personally, I do what I would call a runcation. So I, um, I like to promote the vacation first and the run is the byproduct. Like I if I if you have a race and you're in New York, like anybody can run a race. There's thousands and thousands of races, but yeah. we I mean, we all need to get away. So I yeah. promote the vacation
0: and the race is your excuse for the vacation. So you know, um I didn't Robbie like I didn't even think of like running events as a business model. And like all I'm thinking about when you say this is damn, there's so many ways to make money, right? Like uh, whether it's a cleaning company, whether it's a tech company, whether it's starting a race from scratch, like they're all doable to anyone. This isn't like people who run, who start races aren't massive event people and massive companies. Like anyone could start a race, kind of like you did, and just scale it up from there.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can, because uh, I mean, not to to give away the nitty gritty, but I mean, between the the Wix website, the domain name and that, I mean, I was in like, three hundred and fifty dollars for that and a logo and for the first few months um it, i just spent 10 bucks a day you know so it's 300 bucks a month and um i scaled it i have a little rubric that i use but i obviously scaled the marketing a little bit more as we got closer but no I are just, people paying
0: to join the race
1: uh, about 75 bucks a person
0: okay so 75 times let's say a thousand
1: people yeah i had a, like, i i actually um my first year was the biggest year i had 996 runners which you geez. know it doesn't sound but like when you like a thousand would have been way better like i sh- in hindsight i should have like paid four people to go in and register to, we will let you like, round a, it up robbie it's okay psychologically so i could hit that that and uh, you know for, for my career path to, to jump forward that, that event, you know, I, my business partner in the Florida Keys was successful in events. So sometimes when you have a business partner that is successful and he's an amazing dude and one of my closest friends, like they still kind of get the credit. The yep. event company that I did here was the first thing I'd ever really done on my own. And I live in rural West Virginia and I caught the attention of a lot of people. Cause they were like, you just, brought a thousand people to like rural West Virginia, you know, and I had some, some, some big shots in the running industry in the mid Atlantic show up to my race that I was almost starstruck about, you know, like, why are you here? But, um, that, that, that event got me an opportunity to speak at one of the biggest like running expos in the United States as a marketing expert. And from there I had a running event marketing company until, starting in the fall of 2019 that led Mm -hmm. into 2020 and then it all fell apart got it outside of my control like covid just
0: shut things down absolutely so tell me about that time so covid happens you're like oh my god my business is gonna go away it's literally an event business in a time where no people can meet together how were you feeling how'd you decide what to do next
1: i panicked man um uh you know i mean at first it was kind of like shot like so the marketing side of it like i lost all my clients in probably mm-hmm. like a 72 hour period it was like march 10th and Jeez. you, know, you just start getting the phone call so i contracts or not i don't know if contracts would have got me through it but um Most of my clients, I did like a 90-day contract for for my marketing clients. And then after the 9 days, we just did a handshake. Like, we get along. Let's keep going. You know, who who knew there was going to be a pandemic? So I lost all my clients in like a 72-hour period. And then, I don't know, I just did some soul searching. Um, You know, I just... I really didn't know what to do. So that was when I kind of decided, I yeah, I don't even... it was a rough time, man. I yeah. had three kids. The the most the most beautiful thing in the whole thing was I'm here in rural West Virginia. Like I got to go outside and spend time with my family. I got to go hiking yeah. with my kids. Like I mean, as far as the outdoor recreation, like I would I live a you know, three blocks from endless trails. So I had that, but from a business standpoint, I panicked. I kind of got into affiliate marketing, Mm -hmm. you know, I was like, okay, well I can relate to runners. And I started reviewing, um, GPS watches and doing like, you know, Amazon affiliate marketing Mm -hmm. turned, tried to pivot my website into an affiliate marketing site. Um, I postponed my race. I didn't cancel my race. Um, I moved my race from April because obviously you couldn't do anything in April. I, mm-hmm. In August, I held an event um, over three days. I had 450 runners. Um, I did All a right. runner a minute. One, everybody had to stay 15 feet apart. You know, I could have 15 people every 15 minutes, and <laughs> you know I, that. Like for me, as much as anything, I didn't make any money off that. If anything, I. I I still I mean, I lost so much money on this whole process um, that I didn't have to lose. So it, I don't want this to sound like people like I had a bunch in the bank, but I think you can get through these things. But the community and the support because I went above and beyond like my the 450 people that showed up, I'm willing to bet out of that 450 people, 400 of them have just come back and run with me so much. You know, like they have done so many events because I, you know, at that point, like the world was sh- shut down. The world here in West Virginia, we're, we're in the southern part of the United States, it opened up. But, you know, people could go to grocery stores and like I had to negotiate with health officials. I'm like, you know, I, you know, I couldn't have a gathering so I could do 15, every 15 minutes, 15 people could show up. You had to stay 15 mm-hmm. feet apart and then one one runner every minute
0: could take off. What a wild time, you know. Um, well, you got it off, man. And tell me, uh, tell me about um, your current brand. i clumsy. Like, did that come out of this? Like, what is this brand? Uh, why did it start? Why not just continue with doing running events?
1: Well, supply chains broke down later on. Mm. This yep. would be early COVID-19. 2021. I needed apparel for my events, and I was going and trying to get like shirts, and they're like, "You can get 200 green shirts and medium, but we only have." Them and you know what I mean? Like I yep. couldn't buy a thousand of the same t-shirt on top of that prices like skyrocketed. Yep. Um, and I had like launched my race races, you know, in, in the, I don't know, fall of 2020 for 2021 with a set price and my margins, you know, prices went up 30, 40, 50% compared to what I had spec prices being. So, I I started an apparel I started having apparel manufactured um I I got tired of people saying like I tried to sell apparel but if you're trying to sell I thought I could launch a brand under the name Canaan Valley Running Company but it was way too specific like people yep. were like I only run if I'm getting chased like I don't like running you know so like yep. no matter how nice your gear is like people see it and they're like that's a running shop I don't run I'm not buying it. Yep. Um so I decided um, to split it off and give it a life of its own. My last name's McClung. I'm clumsy. It was an old nickname. I wanted a really approachable name for the brand. Backstory before all this entrepreneur stuff, like I've been a ski bum. You know, I'm I moved out west when I was like 21 years old to the Rockies and ski a lot. Um, you know, I love Fly fishing, all these things, all the things that have brought me to the resort town that I am. So McClumsy gave me an opportunity to not be just a running brand, but to be kind of a lifestyle brand, like trail running, running, mm-hmm. mountain biking, hiking, skiing. Um, so I kind of brought that all into to this brand. It's it's a brand where they I can
0: have, be a physical store, right? Like this is this is the main thing now. I do
1: have a brick and mortar store. I've had so I've had two local for the first year. So I bit the bullet and opened a brick and mortar store because I, I wanted to do that to to do something. My wife's like, you gotta change the name of the business. So I I picked McClumsy, which some people thought was funny, but it's approachable. It's very mm-hmm. approachable. Yep. Um and things did did well. Um it hasn't been easy, but things did really well. and about eight months into that, um, you know, a uh, premier storefront, uh, one block I was off of the main street. Um, uh, one block from where I was came open, and I, I jumped on it, and so on my one-year anniversary, I reopened at my second location, so
0: incredible and, man. And business has increased a lot. Robbie, are you still doing the running events? I am, yes. Okay. So It's almost like that could be a feeder into McClumsy brand as well. It's, right? a, a, lot it's of the running- a huge
1: feeder into the McClumsy brand. Like, you know, I charge a lot of money for sponsorship for my events, and McClumsy's a presenting sponsor. Um, you know, like I get yeah. to put my brand out in front of a lot of people. Um, so, yeah. and the event business. I just you know, I just met with city council in this town the other day because I have like four more events. So the event events are a very big part of my strategy moving forward. Um, hey, Robbie, you know, the story
0: kind of reminds me, like a couple quotes have popped in mind. Number one, invention is the mother of necessity. Um, yeah. Which like absolutely, in terms of your brand and what's happened to the brand, it, it's kind of like you needed it, you started it, and now it's exploding. And the other one that uh, kind of popped up have you ever um, read the book, The Surrender Experiment? No. Probably my favorite book, like truly one of my favorite books. Um, it's just a story about a guy who kind of follows the serendipity of life, and he ends up running a public company. And he's just like this yogi meditation dude. Uh, but the whole message is pretty much you kind of follow the flow of life. And where you end up is kind of what happens, and things just kind of snowball from there. As you tell your story, that's kind of come to me, right? It's like a lot of these things we're not planned. Like, I don't think when you started in the wine business, you thought I'd be running an apparel company in West Virginia. But that's kind of how things ended up. And it feels like you're rolling with it. Things are happening. Things are shaking. And it just it's kind of flowing in the way it should, which is, I think, a very inspiring story, at least for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I have just rolled with it. Like none of this. I I joke. It's like it's a pivot off a pivot off a pivot. pivot Yeah. You know, but I think. um. I finally found something that I could be that I, in an entrepreneur um, as an entrepreneur where I could be myself, and not that that's always for everybody. But yeah, you know, I was on the front lines for a long time. I waited tables, I bartended. Um, you know, I was a whitewater rafting guide. So a lot of the the customers that I'm I'm talking to and selling things to now, like I was on the front lines for decades. Mm-hmm two decades talking to these people so i feel like i know my clientele really really well um yeah. you know from an intimate standpoint and it it hasn't been it hasn't been easy and um you know things sound like they're exploding but Last year, and I, I'm not trying to put a negative spin on it, but last year the running industry in the United States, like the running event industry, and I think it was because of the COVID fallout of so many people take was down like thirty to forty percent nationwide, like mm. all the events. Not me, the New Yorks, like every maybe not the everything, New York, but yeah, but even Boston them application wise, where but the industry was down. Uh, I lost a lot of money for the like I lost money during COVID, but that was different. Like this was like I really. I I like lost money I didn't think I was going to lose you know and spent like I was going to make more money. I had to go back to bartending last winter. Like I bartended um you know I apply we have a little local restaurant here and um it's a really great restaurant. They were just featured in Forbes for their cocktails but uh I uh I sent them an application. Like I'm a former salmon Yay. Like I I went to hospitality management school. I studied hospitality management through yeah. some really good schools. And the owner was like, Oh, that's very, she's like, that's very cute. Like you, I would have given you a job. you like yeah. no, like, you know, people don't have experience like that. I'm not saying nobody does, but like I was, I was qualified and I went in and I did it. So I think if you just work hard, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you've seen it, you, you probably know it, Neil, like if you just, Where I'm a firm believer in the silly thing I heard in school, like where there's a will, there's a way, and like if you work hard and you believe in yourself, you don't have to stay rigid. Like don't brute force it through a brick Mm -hmm. wall. Get through the brick wall. Go around the brick wall if it's a hard brick wall. You know what
0: Uh, I mean? Yeah, no, stay fluid. Stay fluid's the message here. Go around the wall.
1: Um, keep going. So I'm a big believer in that, and that's kind of how I got to where I am today.
0: I love it. Uh, Robbie, thanks so much for hopping on and sharing your story, man. I think uh, everyone here appreciates it. And especially, I think the overall message for me, which is stay fluid, man. You don't have to go through the brick wall, go around it. There's a lot of opportunities if we just keep going. Um, Robbie, if people want to follow you, get a hold of you, where can they follow you?
1: Um, I'm really active on s- social media, especially Instagram, Facebook, uh, Instagram. It's McClumsy WV for West Virginia. Um, same thing on TikTok, McClumsywv WV. Um, and on Facebook, it's m- just McClumsy and com.
0: Perfect. And we'll put all of those links in the show notes as well. Uh, thanks so much, Robbie. That was awesome. Thank you, Neil. Thank you very much, man.